Good afternoon, good afternoon, and welcome to Ahead of the Crypto Curve, where we are creating Satoshi Millionaires, one day at a time, one family at a time, one Bitcoin at a time, one Satoshi at a time, and ladies and gentlemen, that means you. I am your host, Naja Roberts, and it is my mission in life to lead my people out of financial slavery. Today is December the 13th, and what an exciting field day we have had thus far. I have been up since early this morning investigating and watching and combing through all of this testimony. And I've just decided that this is the most important day in cryptocurrency history since we've been on ahead of the crypto curve. Now, a lot of great things have happened, but I think that this is a pivotal moment in crypto history. So we're going to do something just a little bit different today. When we come forward, we're actually going to listen in to just the opening remarks of Auntie Maxine and listen to this congressional hearing. And so I would like to just play a couple of minutes so you all can understand the magnitude of what is happening in this cryptocurrency space. And it's going to actually help us mold and formulate what is going to be coming as far as regulation and some of the other things that are on the back burner that are now on the front burner for our um, our po politics and our political um, improvement, our political, just everything. I, I don't even know what to say. When you hear what I'm going to share with you today, your mouth is going to drop wide open just like mine did because there are some facts that came out today that are just baffling to me. But we are going to do our cryptocurrency quote really quick. And it says, custodians are necessary as the next step towards crypto assets being seen as safe and attractive as a financial asset or an option for large investors. This will perhaps create market confidence in general. Major institutional custodians providing a secure place to store large amounts of cryptocurrency assets could provide the protection necessary to reduce the risk of hacks and increase trust of the investing public in crypto assets. And that came from an attorney named Jesse Kanach, Dana Syracuse, Joshua Boham, and Thomas Alamafar. And they're at the Perkins Cole attorney firm. And I would say to you, the reason I read this quote today it is because it is as far from the truth as needs to be said. Custodians are absolutely not necessary. And what we're going to hear after we come forward is proof that there should not be custodians in this cryptocurrency space. With that, ladies and gentlemen, when we come forward, this is Ahead of the Crypto Curve on KBLA Talk 1580. 
In a moment. In a moment. More with Naja Roberts as we get ahead of the crypto curve on KBLA Talk 1580. You're listening to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. I just really think that it's important that we listen to this introduction. Again, Congresswoman Maxine Waters, who is the president of the United States House Committee on Financial Services, has opening remarks. And we need to be listening to what she's saying, as well as her Republican counterpart that is doing this bipartisan meeting today. And it is incredibly important that we understand, again, that this cryptocurrency uh, space has an individual inside of it that had an exchange that collapsed, not the entire market, ladies and gentlemen. So please make note of what you are about to hear. This is absolutely incredible. And so I'm going to play this for you. And then we're going to have a little bit of dialogue around it. I know a lot of you are not going to sit and listen. So I picked the most important part of this hearing uh, to share with you all. Again, we are in the middle of history and I'm excited to share it with you so here we go this is Auntie Maxine talking and starting and kicking this meeting off in the U.S. House Committee on Financial Services the committee will come to order without objection the chair is authorized to declare recess of the committee at any time This hearing is entitled Investigating the Collapse of FTX Part 1. I now recognize myself for five minutes to give an opening statement. First, I'd like to welcome Mr. John Ray III, who has been appointed CEO of FTX to oversee its bankruptcy, to testify before our committee for the first part of our investigation into the fall of FTX. I am hopeful that the arrest of Mr. Bankman-Fried, the founder and former CEO of FTX, means he will be held accountable for the fraud he has committed and the harm he has caused. He was scheduled to testify under oath before this committee today. Unfortunately, the timing of his arrest denies the public the opportunity to get the answers they deserve. Rest assured that this committee will not stop until we uncover the full truth behind the collapse of FTX. Just a few months ago, FTX was one of the largest cryptocurrency exchanges in the world. With a valuation of $32 billion in just three years since its founding. Today, FTX is bankrupt and possibly looted. FTX misused an an approximately $10 billion in customer funds and owes creditors at least $3 billion. Today, as many as 1 million people, many of whom are here in the United States, are locked out of their FTX accounts and may recover only a fraction of their hard-earned investments, if any at all. But this failure is not just noteworthy for its size, but for the company's total disregard for standard business practices, governance, risk management, and criminal conduct. 
Mr. Ray, who also oversaw one of the largest corporate bankruptcies in United States history, Enron, declared that he had never in his career seen such, and I quote, complete failure of corporate controls and such a complete absence of trustworthy financial information as occurred here, end of quote. I'm so deeply troubled to learn how common it was for Bankman Freed and FTX employees to steal from the cookie jar of customer funds to finance their lavish lifestyles. Today, this committee will dig, dig deeper into Mr. Ray's findings with the hopes of piecing together the events that led to the collapse of FTX and the subsequent harm to millions of customers who put their trust in the platform. We will also look at FTX's deep ties with Alameda, a crypto hedge fund predominantly owned by Bankman Freed that gambled away billions of dollars in customer assets that were inappropriately transferred from FTX. And importantly, we will hear how Mr. Ray and his team are trying to recover funds for customers by piecing together Bankman Freed's broken record keeping and by identifying potentially unlawful transfers to himself as well as his friends and family. <clears throat> Under my leadership over the past four years, this committee has closely focused on the growth and popularity of crypto precisely because of the many concerns that the failure of FTX has highlighted. Last year, I created a digital assets working group comprised of Democratic members of the committee with the goal of learning more about the underlying technologies, applications for finance, and the risk they pose to customers, consumers, and the economy. When the president's working group on financial markets urged Congress to safeguard the economy from stablecoin risk, I and ranking member McHenry jumped into action and continue to work on a bill with the members of this committee. The ongoing failures of crypto firms like Terra USD, Celsius, BlockFi, and most significantly FTX and Alameda Research only serves to strengthen the importance for Congress and the public to understand the harm caused to customers. What laws have been broken or flaunted and how Congress and the regulators can prevent this from happening again. I wanna say that I'm pleased that the committee's efforts have pushed enforcement agencies across the country to take greater action against bad actors who misuse customers' funds. I also applaud the SEC for authorizing separate charges relating to Mr. Bankman-Fried, and I look forward to additional actions to hold him accountable and make customers more whole again. I yield back, and I now recognize the ranking member of the committee, the gentleman from North Carolina, Mr. McHenry, for five minutes. Thank you, Madam Chair. We've heard everything but the truth. Tweets, DMs, and interviews are no substitute for the facts. And that's why Chairwoman Waters and I worked together to get this hearing on the books, the first bipartisan hearing uh, of this committee in the last four years. Uh, and we've worked together to invite two witnesses. One, Mr. Ray, is proven to be a reliable witness. The second, well, um, frankly, I look forward to getting his lies here on the record under oath. Um, 
Nevertheless, the arrest of Sam Bankman-Fried is welcome news. But it still does not get to the bottom of what happened at FTX and why it happened and who else may be responsible. We need to understand the flow of funds between FTX and Alameda Research and the 130 related entities. We need to examine the actions of those who may have contributed to what has been called a, quote, complete failure of corporate controls, end quote. Uh, that quote comes from Mr. Ray, the newly appointed CEO. And we need to answer, we need answers uh, for uh, the U.S. platform customers stuck in limbo. But our work here, um, that, well, our work doesn't stop there. Uh, we have an obligation to do everything in our power to ensure this never happens again. But let's face it, there's an old saying, there's nothing new under the sun. And it's safe to assume that fraud and fraudsters have been around just as long as that phrase has been around. Bankman Freed's play is nothing new. We've, we've seen it before. Uh, in the late 1800s, when the Union Pacific purposefully inflated the price of railway, railroad construction to line its executive pockets, or in the 1900s, when the con man George C. Parker was arrested for illegally, quote unquote, selling the Brooklyn Bridge, Madison Square Garden, and the Statue of Liberty. And in the 2000s, when it was revealed Enron engaged in a massive corporate fraud and corruption, sending shockwaves throughout the business world. Uh, there are many comparisons you can draw between each one of these pretenders and the alleged actions of Mr. Bankman Fried. It appears to be the same old school fraud, just using new technology. But it's important to note, and I think it's very important to note, we still use railroads, we still buy and sell real estate, and we still rely on businesses to provide services. We have to separate out the bad actions of an individual from the good created by an industry and an innovation. So let me be clear. I believe in the promise of digital assets and those around the world building on blockchain technologies. And that's why I've worked and will continue to work to provide clear rules of the road for the digital asset ecosystem here in the United States. And that's how we protect American consumers and investors in this marketplace and allow innovation to occur here in the United States. I'll finish with this. We know the Securities Exchange Commission Chair Gensler's regulation by enforcement approach is not gonna stop bad actors. Next year, I look forward to hearing from Mr. Gensler early and often. And we'll hear from him on how we can provide clarity on the application of our securities laws to trading platforms, which he has failed to do. The Financial Services Committee has an important role to play in this fact-finding mission, which we will start today and continue as we work towards a legislative outcome to prevent this from happening again. Thank you, Madam Chair, and I yield back. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you have heard from Congresswoman Maxine Waters and Congressman 
McHenry, and this is a hearing that was had this morning. So, in case you all were not made aware, yesterday in the Bahamas, Mr. Sam Bankman-Fried was finally brought, I won't say brought to justice, but he was finally arrested. And when he was arrested, it was a fury of tweets and all sorts of things on social media. And one of the things uh, first that I said was it's about time, because I will say that if this had have been something that I did or my husband did, we would have been arrested within 30 minutes. But they let this gentleman go about his way for about 30 plus days before they even arrested him. And it was blatant fraud. And some of the other things that we were going back and forth with, I had a whole lot of say yesterday because there are two separate justice systems and two separate set of rules as it relates to our community. And we watched that with the persecution of Mr. Arthur Hayes, who operates another exchange uh, called BitMEX. He spent millions of dollars over the last several years defending himself for doing something that every single other exchange in this space is doing but the only difference is he's African American and so as this gentleman got arrested yesterday it's high time that they did so but I also think that it's a cover up for having him come to this hearing today to have to talk about all the people that he's actually tied to and I think that they were going to ask him some critical questions that would expose some of the individuals that that are actually sitting in this hearing today. So while everybody is thinking that this arrest is going to really bring true justice and the true truth is going to come out. I hope it does come out, but 136 companies, this young man actually helped uh, to create along with several other counterparties. And again, these things will start to come out, but I need everyone to understand and hear with Mr. McHenry just got finished saying this is old antics being used with new technology. And I've said this so many times. He is emulating what his grandfather did, what his father did, what his great grandfather did, and what he's been watching Americans do forever in this financial services space is use their platform, use their ability to get around and circumvent systems to actually create fraud and this is no less than what Bernie Madoff did and so this is this is just us really understanding how critically important what we are doing now and how we take custody of our coin how important it is ladies and gentlemen there cannot and there would not have been this hearing had people 
custody their own Bitcoin. Now, as far as the individuals that got involved with FTX to gain money based on the fact that people were buying cryptocurrency, that's a whole nother conversation because that was an investment. They believed in the power of this gentleman and his presentation, his lies and all the things that he told. And just the pure fact that people look at people's skin color, unfortunately, and they look at the fact that they're millennials or Gen Xers and they give them the shirt off their back without ever checking the facts, not even allowing checks and balances to even play a part in their decision to invest millions, if not billions of dollars. And so for that, again, I am so sorry to individuals who lost money, but you know what? It is high time for people to take notice that these individuals that they keep entrusting with their funds, they're going to just keep doing the same thing over and over and over. And so we as a community have got to look at them and really take this lesson to heart because it is our turn, ladies and gentlemen, to win. And we're only going to win through self-sovereignty because this is going to keep coming and keep happening. Cryptocurrency, Bitcoin, digital assets are not going anywhere. It is time for us to take notice to what we specifically need to do. When we come forward after news, traffic, and sports, I want you all to just hear a little bit of what what this CEO of uh, FTX is saying was done. This is KBLA Talk 1580. A safe place to go loud. loud. A great place for progressive politics. KBLA Talk 1580. Broadcasting live from Lamar Park, USA. Welcome back to your home for unapologetically progressive radio. KBLA Talk 1580. All right, everyone, welcome forward. It is something to actually hear the commercial that just came through Ray Richardson actually talking about the collapse of FTX and, and Sam Beckman free being arrested. And so anyways, I just want you all to hear how long of a string our country gave this 30 year old to take money of theirs. I'm going to say of theirs because there's a lot of people that I'm looking at in this U.S. House Committee on Financial Services that lent their money or invested their money and or their family's money with this gentleman just because I just think of how I'm, I'm not going to say how he looks but cryptocurrency is the new and upcoming thing but anyway listen to this ladies and gentlemen and then we will have a little bit of uh, commentary about what is being said and then we're going to jump into some of the other things that are critical for our community because it's time for us to get our act together in this cryptocurrency space because this incident is going to exacerbate anything and everything around this cryptocurrency space and we need to get ourselves in position so with that ladies and gentlemen here is what i want you to hear it's just a couple of minutes and then we're going to jump right back in and do our market report so here we go i want to welcome our witness for this hearing john j ray the third 
who is the chief executive officer of XTX Group. Without objection, your written statement will be made part of the record. You will have five minutes to present your oral testimony. You should be able to see a timer that will indicate how much time you have left. I would ask you to be mindful of the timer so that we can be respectful of everyone's time. Mr. Ray, you are now recognized for five minutes to present your oral testimony. Ranking Member McHenry, distinguished members of the committee, thank you for your invitation to appear today. I truly appreciate your interest in this matter and I hope my testimony can be helpful to you as the committee continues its inquiry into the collapse of FTX and the efforts that are underway to help those who have been harmed. I accepted the position of Chief Executive Officer of FTX in the early morning hours of November 11. Immediately it became clear to me that Chapter 11 was the best course available to preserve any remaining value of FTX. Therefore, my first act as CEO was to authorize the Chapter 11 filings. I've implemented a five-part bankruptcy plan, which is detailed in my written statement. Our overarching objective is to maximize value for FTX customers and creditors so that we can mitigate to the greatest extent possible the harm suffered by so many. The FTX group's collapse appears to stem from absolute concentration of control in the hands of a small group of grossly inexperienced, non-sophisticated individuals who failed to implement virtually any of the systems or controls that are necessary for a company entrusted with other people's money or assets. Some of the unacceptable management practices we've identified so far include the use of computer infrastructure that gave individuals and senior management access to systems that stored customer assets without security controls to prevent them from redirecting those assets. The storing of certain private keys to access hundreds of millions of dollars in crypto assets without effective security controls or encryption. The ability of Alameda to borrow funds held at FTX.com to be utilized for its own trading or investments without any effective limits whatsoever. The commingling of assets, the lack of complete documentation for transactions involving nearly 500 separate investments made with FTX group funds and assets. In the absence of audited or reliable financial statements, the lack of personnel and financial risk management functions, and the absence of independent governance throughout the FTX group. The fundamental challenge we face is there were in many respects starting from near zero in terms of the corporate infrastructure and record keeping that one would expect in a multi-billion dollar corporation. Still in just over four weeks, we've instituted meaningful steps to gain command and control. And every week we gain a better understanding of what occurred and the path forward, all of which will be shared with interested parties and affected parties throughout the chapter 11 processes. The scope of our, of our investigation is truly enormous involves detailed tracing of money flows and asset transfers from the time of FTX's founding and complex technological efforts to identify and trace crypto assets. We are in the process of collecting and reviewing dozens of terabytes of documents and data, including billions of individual transactions. We're leveraging sophisticated technology and expertise to identify and trace additional transactions and assets. While many things are unknown at this stage, we're at a very preliminary stage, 
many questions remain. We know the following. First, customer assets at FTX.com were commingled with assets from the Alameda trading platform. That much is clear. Second, Alameda used client funds to engage in margin trading, which exposed customer funds to massive losses. Third, the FTX group went on a spending binge in 2021 and 2022, during which $5 billion was spent on a myriad of businesses and investments, many of which may only be worth a fraction of what was paid for them. Fourth, loans and other payments were made to insiders in excess of $1.5 billion. Fifth, Alameda's business model as a market maker required funds to be deployed to various third-party exchanges, which were inherently unsafe and further exacerbated by the limited protections offered in certain of those foreign jurisdictions. I know the resolution of the Chapter 11 process, as well as the investigation into the causes of the FTX Group's collapse, are of keen interest to this committee and to your constituents. Although, you know, there are many who need and deserve answers. There's customers, there's creditors, there's investors, counterparties, employees, and regulators. We're positioning ourselves to provide each of these constituents with answers that they deserve. Although a bankruptcy proceeding of this unprecedented nature will take some time to run its course, uh, I'm committed to working as quickly as possible to investigate what happened, formulate conclusions, and hopefully inform the committee's work here. I should note that my ability to comment on certain of the matters today will be inherently limited by the state of FTX's records, ongoing bankruptcy proceedings, and of course the numerous ongoing investigations by the U.S. law enforcement regulators. I look forward to answering your questions to the best of my ability. Uh, thank you again for allowing me to uh, present in front of this committee. Thank you. All right, ladies and gentlemen, there you have it. That is the new CEO of FTX. He stepped in on November 11th. Again, it's been 32 days since they knew that this was all unfolding and they've allowed Sam Bankman free to walk freely, do as he wish, move money where he wants to. In fact, I believe his girlfriend, secretary, whoever she is, is still at large. And um, one of the things that I can share with you right away without you having to listen to more is he literally loaned himself $1 billion with a B. He was the person who signed for the loan and he was the person who signed for the release of the loan. So he loaned himself money without any checks and balances, $1 billion. And that is theft at its best. And I cannot understand how a company of this magnitude that has so many people entwined with it, they never asked for a financial statement. They never had to show anything while tech founders like myself an actor uh, philanthropist father Hill Harper we are asking for a hundred million dollars I think Hill needs a little bit less for the Black Wall Street wallet but they have raked us over the coals with our financials everything that we need and we still haven't gotten the funding that we needed but this gentleman was just able to get and raise money hand over fist 
by just a concept or an idea and it is just really blatant in my opinion on the other side of this not a just a just just a lack of there's a lack of a whole lot of things but we can just see the differential in what we're trying to do and actively doing for our community which is an exchange exactly the same as FTX except we're doing stuff to educate the community and give access to the community. And this gentleman was looking out for big business and big money and all of those things. And that is what's transpired. But I'm just baffled that he didn't have any financials, any profit and loss statements or anything. And he was able to raise hundreds of billions of dollars and it's just sickening that again there are just two rules uh two different sets of rules for two separate groups of people as it relates to this space and many other spaces and so i'm just glad to be making light of it not that it's going to do anything to change anything but i'm just happy that people were able to see exactly what they allowed themselves to be a part of and so as we come forward or move forward, we're going to jump into our cryptocurrency update for the day. And one of the things that we must note is that Bitcoin is doing great today. Uh, it's holding right around where it was yesterday. And so right now at this very moment, Bitcoin is trading at $17,756. It is actually up 0.01% in the last hour. In the last 24 hours, it's up 3.2.6%. And in the last seven days, it's up 4.47%. Ethereum is at $1,319. It's up 0.15% in the last hour. In the last 24 hours, 3.4%. And in the last seven days, 5.15%. And so there is a lot of of uncertainty and doubt, but I think for the most part, those individuals that were spreading misinformation about the fact that the cryptocurrency markets were collapsing are now starting to understand what I've been telling you all for the last month. The cryptocurrency space is not collapsing. It is just this company with a bunch of bad actors that have infected about 170 companies. So when we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we'll jump into the next company that you need to be looking out for because people are locked out of FTX. But I believe very soon people are going to be locked out of a couple of other exchanges. So hopefully you're ordering your ledger so that you can get your cryptocurrency off the exchanges. This is KBLA Talk 1580. New money, new money. We've got you covered. Keep it locked to the midday money chain on KBLA Talk 1580. Now, now, let's get back to Ahead of the Crypto Curve with Naja Roberts on KBLA Talk 1580. All right. Welcome forward. Welcome forward. I have been getting a litany of text messages and emails of people asking me if I think this cryptocurrency exchange is safe, if I think that cryptocurrency uh, exchange is safe 
And all I can say is there are no cryptocurrency exchanges that are safe to leave your Bitcoin or your cryptocurrency on. So again, if you send me a email at asknajaroberts at gmail.com, asknajaroberts at gmail.com, I can certainly give you the link so that you can go factory direct to the Ledger website and purchase your Ledger. We will be having a Ledger and Me 123 on Friday, January the 6th in the evening. And you can register to attend this event. You can go to meetup.com. Again, meetup.com forward slash crypto plug like you plug something into the wall. So again, you're going to go to meetup.com underscore, not underscore, uh, backslash, and then you're going to do crypto plug and you can register. This is a paid event, but you're going to start on you're going to start with registering on the meetup platform. And then the second thing I wanted to share with you is because of this FTX debacle, several other cryptocurrency exchanges has been, have been showing their financials. And I told you all when I read Binance's financials, I thought, hmm, something doesn't look too great here. And they had this independent study to tell everybody everything was great. And then some other independent individual off Wall Street did another look and they started saying that something was wrong. So there has been a outflow of investors in the next platform called Binance. So much so that the outflow hit uh, 1.8 billion. And so the owner of Binance or the individual that is working with Binance, his name is Justin Sun, just today had to deposit $100 million into Binance because the Binance coin is dropping and certain parts of some of the other DeFi protocols that they have been working on are dropping. Ladies and gentlemen, everyone in this world is listening because of this FTX debacle and everyone is understanding exactly what we've been telling you. Self-sovereignty is king. And so they're pulling from all these platforms. BNB is a coin. All coins are not created equal. When we come forward, ladies and gentlemen, we will dollar cost average on the coin that I've been telling you all that matters and that we can hold accountable because it is decentralized. This is KBLA Talk 1580. You're linked to the Midday Money Chain with Lynn Richardson and Naja Roberts exclusively on KBLA Talk 1580. This is KBLA Talk 1580, where hate meets a scholarly match. All right. Welcome forward, ladies and gentlemen. Uh, first of all, I would like to say thank you to Clarence. He was actually one of the first people that wanted to get their hundredth show episode uh, gift that I'm giving away. So if you want to receive your hundredth 
episode gift, which my hundredth episode will be this Friday at 1 p.m. And we're going to celebrate. But uh, I'll be shipping clearances off to him. But you can send me an email at asknajaroberts at gmail.com. Asknajaroberts at gmail.com. And I will ship you yours as well. I'm excited to give out my little small gift to my listeners. And I appreciate each and every one of you. And also, if you have any questions or if you need anything, please send me an email at asknajaroberts at gmail.com. And uh, we're going to celebrate on Friday. We will be live on Instagram and you'll be able to see us and all of our festivities for this hundredth show. I'm excited again about doing it. And we are going to right now dollar cost average our way out of poverty because I say a DCA a day keeps poverty away. This is real. It's happening. History is happening. And I'm excited about it. So with that, ladies and gentlemen, we're going to take out our cell phones. We're going to click on the Black Wall Street app. If you do not have the app, please download it on the App Store or your Android uh, your Android store and go ahead and get the Black Wall Street wallet. But today we're going to dollar cost average $6. We're going to click on buy an asset. That asset is Bitcoin. So you'll be buying $6 worth of Satoshis. A Satoshi is the smallest increment of a Bitcoin, like a Penny is the smallest increment of a dollar. And I'm excited today because I got interviewed today by uh, Coin Telegraph, which is a big media outlet in the cryptocurrency space. So I'm excited about that. Um, I don't even know. I just thought about that with the time running out here. But anyways, we're going to put this six dollars in our designated wallet inside of our Black Wall Street wallet. And voila, we have purchased six dollars worth of Satoshis. In fact, it's less Satoshis today than yesterday because of the price of Bitcoin. Bitcoin is a little bit higher than it was yesterday. Ladies and gentlemen, I want to thank you for rocking with me. Please follow me on social media. I'm Naja Roberts, no underscores, no dots, no periods. We are making way for the D.L. Hughley show. You all know I say D.L. Hughley is the truth. I am absolutely loving his show and I ask that you stay tuned and listen in tomorrow as we have another fabulous show and talk about some of the other things that are happening in the cryptocurrency space. This is Ahead of the Crypto Curve on KBLA Talk 1580. KBLA 1580 Santa Monica.